welcome to Pegging Coffee Talk. Here are your hosts, Lady Alba and Lord Knight. Okay, Lord Knight. So, what the hell are we as as groups go? Are we covens? Are, are we, we groves? Are we temples? Are we temples? Are we churches? I don't know. There's so many options. And I think what's funny is that the, the choices are endless, right? But coven itself has become a bad word. Yes. Why? It's all the connotations to it. Mm. It's the, for some reason, people seem to want to associate covens with cults. Mm. And I think it's because of the secrecy, mystery, religion that it is. But it's just a shortening of Covenstead. Yes. Which is home. More or less. Or a gather. Yeah. It's a group gathering together. Churches were called Covensteads at one point. That I did not know. Long time. I mean, but that was that was where it originated. I mean, that's yeah. So. But now you sit there and you ask people what coven they're yeah. a part of, and it's like, oh God, I don't know how to explain that. Like you just asked them the most evilest question in the world. I know. I know. It kind of it kind of sucks because coven for many of us was a reclaiming word, right? Right. To use the word coven, it was. First of all, it was a very quick association, right? It was very easy to go, okay, coven, witch, got it. Easy. Easy. But, so like in our case, Life Temple, <laughs> if I remember correctly, Lord Min called it a temple because often people just assumed we were Jewish. Pretty much. Yeah. Because that's the only other faith that uses the word that temple. word, yeah, regularly, but... But what he meant was more as like temple, like Egyptian. Yes. More the, yes, a temple of worship. Right. Yeah. Which again has always been our focus Mm -hmm. is on the worship religious side of this, not. Right. I mean, I think, I think so often the name is usually derived or what version gets used is the founder's association right or what they are drawn to so if you're oceanic water sign you're gonna go with something that's ocean or sea or lake or you know one of those whereas grove or forest or you know that's an option that some people choose because of the, the 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 worshiping in the woods kind of component the forestry the earth connection right and then I mean, and then some groups, they just went with church because they're like, that's what we are. That's right. We're, we're just a tr- I, Okay. So here's been what I've always wanted to do. Okay. I want, oh, God. I want ocean moon grove <laughs> so oh. that the act, the, the abbreviation becomes OMG. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. OMG. Well, see now this is all funny because we're talking about all mm. this, but. Let's be honest. In mm. the traditional mm. community in which we run around in, yes, we never refer to each other as "Oh, well, that's their coven." That's their no. It's always, weirdly enough, we only refer to each other by the name. Yes, it just becomes a shortening. So yes, it becomes <laughs> Tawatha Care to She or 
uh, Grove the, of the Unicorn the or, or Ravenwood well, or, or yeah, or it's just Life Temple. Yeah, is. we 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 always have the temple in there because just to say life, people would get confused, right? So they need the temple to quantify the group. But yeah, I mean Ravenwood technically, right? Their name is. Ravenwood Church of the mm-hmm. Old Religion. No one's using that in no. full title. Why? That would be silly. And then we just refer to each other as traditions. Right. Really. Not even groups. Or yeah, or yeah, you will hear group. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Our, my my group is in North Carolina or right. you know whatever. Yeah. Or you do go here, you know, I I follow the Ravenwood tradition. Yes. It's not the traditions like you hear the majority of the times on out in the Wild public of Gardnerian, Alexandrian, yes. blah. These are very yeah. specific. Yes, extremely specific to the area in which you live or state, city, etc. Um, so now, with that in there, why in the world has Coven become such this and associated with this authoritarian? Because we don't really use it in this way that they're talking about. No, but we do. But we don't. Oh, but we, we do. But we don't. It's like. I think the biggest thing is it automatically, for most people, right, it means order. (laughs) That's what no one likes. It's order. It's order and it's structure and it's that sameness that we strive to achieve inside of Circle that others don't like. They want the willy-nilly. They want it to be... (sighs) They want that spiritual aspect of religion. But they don't want it to be rigid or militant or predictable. They find that to be too confining for their faith or their practice, which I find very strange. Well, I mean, because we handle, we actually handle this, I think, in a very mature way. Again, our our priestesses handle our spiritual, and it is us priests who handles our mundane. Well, yes. So we're able to re-inject that spirituality when you're in religions to where you have to have a committee about a committee Mm -hmm. to see if you're going to have a committee Mm -hmm. about the problem. Yes. That's part of it for sure. But I find that the mechanics are what people have issue with, right? And I look at it this way. I go, everything that I do inside of Circle is choreographed. Mm -hmm. It's orchestrated. It has been practiced to the point where I know it without having to think about it. And it is that that frees up my mind for the spiritual working at hand. If I'm worried about where my my foot is going next, I'm not going to achieve that. Yeah. The same level of connection. Because you're so worried about doing the process instead of enjoying the process. The physical, the mundane becomes overpowering throughout it. And, but at the same time, I really do think that's what some people are railing against. And I wish they would understand it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's not what it means. We're not taking away your individuality by doing that. We're not. No. I mean, at, at some point or another, you have to sit there and go, okay, ritual is going to be held at this time. Mm-hmm. Class is going to be at this time. Yeah. Because unfortunately, if you go into the spiritual too much, you go into too much chaos. Yes. And you never know. And then you wind up with the Correct. doing the pagan standard time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but people also, I think the group dynamic has become one where no one likes being told they're wrong. And I mean, nobody likes that anyway. No. 
But the difference is, back in the day, <laughs> back in the right? Day. <laughs> if you got told you were wrong, you went, okay, why? Yeah. And it opened up a discussion. And everybody talked. And maybe you walked away with a new perspective or a new viewpoint. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you dug your heels in and you held true to where you stood when you walked in the door. But either way, we all just went, meh, it's okay. It's okay. And it was fine. Now, it seems like when you tell a new witch, a young witch, a whatever, you know, someone who's been practicing for a few years, if you tell them they're wrong, quote unquote. Right. That's it. It's over. There is the discussion ends. There isn't. They just don't want to be told that. They don't want to be told that their practice, their way, their method is incorrect. Right. Everything they have put their time and effort into is not. But I always go, then how do we grow? If we're not ever willing to stop and dissect what we're doing and say, maybe this isn't right. How do I grow? How do I learn anything more? How do I advance? Because I'm just going off of my own ideas. You're spinning your own wheels. You're operating in a vacuum. Yeah. You're being a little hamster on his little Mm -hmm. wheel. Running as fast as you can and not going to work. Yeah. I will always go back to, as simple as it is, there was an instance when I was a neophyte, and I don't remember I, I don't remember all the details, because I probably wasn't privy to them, honestly. But a first degree was making an incense in a um, mortar and pestle and they were moving the pestle direction wise. It was, you know, whether it was Wittershins or DSL, I don't remember, but they were moving in a very particular. And you went, why are you doing that? I remember that. (laughs) And God has helped the poor first degree who went, because Lady Maya told me to. <laughs> I thought you were going to take the mortar and pestle and throw them across ritual space. You were livid. And it wasn't because of what they said. It was the fact that that <laughs> statement was problematic for a witch. You, you don't do it because someone else told you to (laughs) why why are you doing that what purpose does it serve what is the logic the reasoning the there's more to it right there's no right or wrong answer i want to know why yes and it was obviously an issue you had had or seen with this person before hence the thing i wasn't privy to there was something mm-hmm. else going on there <laughs> but it was just so funny and i remember but that's some of what we face nowadays is that people especially we're seeing it a lot with the right the hereditary witches yes the people who are now coming up and going you know which i mean i can't believe i'm saying it but but like my Yeah, I mean, you have people who are between 15 and 25 years of age who were raised by practicing witches who are probably around our age. Yeah. And they are now considered to be hereditary witches because they were raised in a household of witchcraft. Fine. 
But a lot of those hereditary folks, when you ask them or when you question aspects of their practice, they go, this is what I was told to do. Or this is what my mom did. This is what my grandmother did. This is what my uncle did. This well, is what we've always done. But but why? They don't have an answer. Well, again, we normally illustrate this because I love to tell this story. Mm, I know where you're going. It is a great story. All right. Well, Blaze happens to love this story. So here we go. <laughs> there was once a little girl whose mother made the best roast. Mm-hmm. So she asked her day, Mom, what makes your ro- roast taste so good? Well, I cut the ends off. Well, why does that make it so good? I don't know. Your grandmother did it that way. When she gets here, you can ask her. Grandma shows up. Little girl climbs up into her grandma's like, why does cutting the ends of the roast off make it taste good? I don't know. My mom told me that. As soon as your nanny gets here, you can ask her. Great grandma walks in the door. Great grandma walks into the door. It's more likely. (laughs) The girl crawls up into her uh, great grandmother's lap going, why does cutting off the ends of the roast make it taste better? She stopped for a moment and thought about it. She said, Lord child, I used to do that just to make it fit in the pan. Yes. Ask why. Yes. Please. That is so much of what is lacking. And it's ironic because, okay, that little girl just had the audacity to ask often when you're growing up in a hereditary family (laughs) there are many many things you will get a deferred answer on Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that when you're older i'll tell you that when you're older that's a mystery for when you're older those are the kinds of things you'll hear now the problem is if you continue on into your adult life assuming at some point that you know the answer you've figured it out but you never actually ask the question hey remember that thing that you said we would talk about it while i'm older well i'm older can we talk about that yeah you don't ever (laughs) actually have that confirmation you're just assuming so it is very very wise to have those conversations no one i okay not no one i would like to believe that no one is challenging your beliefs. They are simply opening up a discussion. Are there probably a few people that are in fact challenging your beliefs? Sure. But for the most part, when most groups, pagans, covens, priestesses, high priests, what when we approach, that is our objective, is to have a conversation and to share valuable information so everyone is enriched. Yes. It is not because we're trying to discredit you. Or, or to make you feel bad. Yeah. Or take something away from you. How the hell can I take that away from you? I'm not going to tell you how many students I've had to talk, to talk down mm. after almost setting my sleeve on fire mm-hmm. over the years. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, calm down. Everybody does it at some point. Yes. But I really, truly, I've always kind of found it interesting how upset people get now yeah i'm like if you're 20 years old and you tell me you're a hereditary witch and your mom was pregnant with you when she was initiated what the hell can i take away from you nothing nothing you are what you say you are it's fine now 
does that mean that my church will necessarily recognize you as a degreed member of craft? No. No. But it doesn't mean that I'm taking anything away from what you've learned thus far. No, it just means if you were to want to pursue education or opportunity with a traditional group like mine, we would go, listen, we get it. We understand. But just so you know, at some point you'd have to go after your first degree. Yes. Because as it stands right now, you would not be a practicing member of clergy. Nope. That's it. That's all it means. It's not that big a freaking deal. Well, see, I always find it hard and difficult when people don't realize that we are the clergy. Yes. And we need to act and behave yes. as such. Yes. And train ourselves as such. Mm-hmm. Look, there are an awful lot of people from various backgrounds who will approach their view of their covenstead, the things that they were taught with an air of superiority. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's because they worked for it. They did. Yeah. They worked for it. They worked their ass off to attain that knowledge and that level. So forgive them if they come across a little uppity. But for the most part, I promise you, their intentions are decent. And this is the discussion we have to open up if we expect craft to survive yes. and to evolve forward. Because if we don't, we're in big trouble because covens are not seeing numbers like they used to. No. Yeah. No. And, and there are points to them. There are advantages. Well, you also have and again, we're just being totally honest here. There have been those who have abused the titles, mm-hmm. who've done shitty things. Yep. Who have taken liberties with their their members? I mean, there's all kinds of crap. But part of that is again, investigate. Ask questions. Uh, really investigate and ask questions yeah. about the temple you're wanting to join. I mean, I meet a lot of women who are very concerned about the goings on, right? Yes. With the priests of a church. I'm like, just talk to some people. Go go to one ritual, one event. If you get the heebies, leave. That's it. There is, you're not going to put yourself in a shitty position. Don't. And I mean, you don't have to go by yourself. Take a friend. I have even gone so far, and this is as a degreed initiate. If I was unclear on a group's practice and I didn't feel like I quite had a handle on what was going on, I would ask if I could observe. Yeah. I would just, I, I would like to sit outside of circle. Is it okay if I observe? No one says no. They don't care. <laughs> I, I, the, 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 the only way that's going to say no is if it's a closed event of some kind. Right. And I mean, that's, you wouldn't be invited to that anyway. No. But I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't even know that was going on. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, there is nothing wrong in exploring options. You may be quite surprised at the community that you do find and the resources that you find are available to you. 
I mean, you, you're in a room with people that believe pretty close to what you do with all sorts of life experience you ain't never had. Yep. And you're walk away for such a bank of information and knowledge and... Even even my daughter, who by far of of most of the... She's not a social creature, Mm-mm. okay? She's just not. She's no. just not a big people person. Throughout her training and her time in the church... She doesn't do a lot of extracurricular social activities. She doesn't hang out with her classmates very often. She just kind of does her own thing. Now, does it mean that they've not had still a meaningful bond that's been formed or that, you know, they, of course, but she's choosing not to allow the church to be a social outlet. Right. More than it needs to be. She's like, nope, this is what I'm here to do. And that's totally fine. And a lot of people make that decision. We can't force you to socialize. We're not going to no. force you to have, you know, to go on bowling night or what. <laughs> not that we've ever done a bowling night, to my knowledge. But, you know. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Um, but, yeah, we're, you are free to come and do as you please. It's okay. So just just keep that in mind. Really ask yourself, am I... Am I gaining something by being solitary or am I denying myself an opportunity to learn by continuing to be solitary? Good way to ask. I need more coffee. How about that? Sure. Ask. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another episode. Peg and Coffee Talk is brought to you by Life Temple and Seminary. Please visit us at lifetempleseminary.org for more information, as well as links to our social media. Facebook, Discord, Twitter, YouTube, and Reddit. We travel down this trodden path, a maze of stone and mire. Just hold my hand as we pass by a sea of blazing pyres. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks.